Welcome to the Thunder Buddies podcast. I am Oklahoman columnist Joe Masato, joined by the Oklahoman's Thunder beat writer, Joel Lorenzi. Joel, happy Thursday to you. Boom, bell. What's happening, Joe? Joe got this uh like Tyler the Creator hat on. <laughs> this, is, this is fire though. And and RIP to the Oakland A's, because they, they ain't that no more. So yeah. I mean, for a couple seasons at least, but yes, off to uh off to Vegas. But Joel, uh, you were you were not in Houston last night because some crazy scheduling with this being one of the makeup games because of the tournament. But uh, what was your uh, give us some of your thoughts? One ten, one hundred one, lost to the Rockets. Yeah, I think um, there are some consensus thoughts after that one. Um, obviously, uh, for for those that are being irrational. Um, I think obviously that was one of the more, I mean, that was probably the most uncharacteristic um, offensive performance of the season. And maybe there are certain, some underlying things there that are starting to come to light. We've been talking about sustainability in terms of their efficiency, which was never going to remain at the, you know, the 2K type numbers they were having. I mean, um, I kind of wrote about it yesterday, but, you know, Kaysen being the league's best three-point shooter, um, Chet, you know, being this, unbelievably far along shot maker and and whatever as a seven one guy the team itself shooting over 40 percent as a team through 20 games like some of this stuff was going to have to eventually come back down to earth and all those things could still be true right that i think this team is a good shooting team i think chet is still one of the better shot making bigs in the league cation could very well be one of the league's most efficient shooters for years to come we don't know that but um, yesterday was was anything but that, right? And part of it was the Rockets' defense. They were just heavy in the gaps. Um, this is what they do. They have, a, a I think, 102.1 defensive rating um, at the crib, at least going into yesterday. I'm sure that that raised in their advantage um, after last night. But <clears throat> they're just good defensively. And I'm not sure the Thunder's lineups, some of their lineups really made for them to – to work much harder than they have against anybody else per se. Like um, obviously Giddy is what people were talking about because of, you know, the Rockets sticking a big on him um, kind of like the Mavs did with Lively. Um, and this is Shane Goon we're talking about, obviously a different defender than Lively. So when, when Shane Goon's able to roam around, um, it's probably a problem. And it was early on with their spacing and stuff. So I think that was, everybody's main takeaway but generally i just thought it was an uncharacteristic night for for them and and specifically the the starters i mean the starters shot pretty pretty bad yeah my uh honestly my main takeaway from watching the game last night was how quickly the rockets have turned from just total dysfunction um to to like looking like a real nba team and i know part of that and a lot of it is adding some vets in there like van vliet Dylan Brooks, um, you know, Reggie Bullock, I, I mean, Jeff Green, but a lot of it is Ime Udoka as well. And just what he's done for that team on the defensive end, like for their defense to be this good with Shangun, um, you, you know, as not a good defender uh, down low, it, it's pretty remarkable. Um, and I, I like what you're saying. Like, it was a good reality check for the Thunder to have an offensive game like this. At the same time, though, um, I don't think they're going to end up being 
you know, what, one of the best shooting teams of, of all time. But yesterday yeah. was a little worse than I think what the norm is going to be. They just couldn't get anything to go eight of 29 um, from three. Isaiah Joe was one of four. Uh, Chet was 0 of 4. Chet did not shoot it well at all. Two of nine. He did have six blocks, but last night was one of those nights where it's like, you know, the offense looks beautiful when when every shot is falling. But you know, we're we're still too early on to see to to know kind of where this team is going to fall. Um, kind of you know how how good of a shooting team they are, how good of an offensive team they are. Yeah, and and you you said it like obviously this is going to be this is not going to be one of the the best shooting teams ever like i think there is some sustainability in terms of they could stay top 10 in efficiency they could stay hover around that um but i think the the lingering takeaway like the thing that will extend beyond last night is kind of the way teams are defending josh giddy and how that will affect their efficiency and and how sustainable that is because um it was noticeable off rip i people people would know that he made the only two threes of of yesterday's first half. But, um, I mean, I think Houston was comfortable letting him shoot those constantly. I mean, he was two for four to start. Um, and the way they're defending him, I mean, they got Shangoon on him. Shangoon's dropping into the key. Um, they got Jabari, you know, kind of in the gaps, helping off his guy, whether that's, that's Dort or whoever, I can't remember. Um, they just, they defended, they defended OKC in a way that I haven't really seen. But, the giddy stuff, it feels like that can really become a trend. I mean, going back to the Dallas game, they did it with Lively. Um, I, I wanted to say after that game that, you know, teams would have to have the personnel to be able to do that. You know, somebody like Lively who could probably erase space faster than most bigs. But Shane Goon isn't that, man. So if Shane Goon can do it, uh, it, it feels like there can be a real trend there. And this is some of the stuff that, that we can be talking about a week from now, a month from now, that could be hurting their – efficiency they're spacing substantially moving forward because I mean and, and this is something that fans I think have talked about for most of the year in terms of Giddy's fit with certain lineups um, some people just are kind of down on Giddy right now um, but I, th- I think there are definitely some tweaks probably that they have to be addressed moving forward on that front yeah I mean it's fair to say this is this is like rock bottom right now for Giddy with the off the court stuff, obviously, and then on the court, I can't imagine like, you know, think of we we still don't know about the situation, but obviously he's going through stuff is probably going through his head, and to make matters worse, like no one is respecting you at all; they're just leaving you on an island, daring you to shoot the ball, and that's got to mess with your mind as well. And uh, he did make a couple of threes last night, but overall three of eleven. He played twenty five minutes, which is kind of around what he's averaging. It's by far the the fewest minutes he's averaged in his career. Um, yeah. And in, in Dallas, he, he only played like three minutes to that second half. How how much, you know, he, he's not closing a lot of games now. How how close are we to maybe them making a change in the starting lineup? Um, If you went based on, on – Mark's usual brain, like I'm surprised he hasn't, you know, flipped that stone over already because he he never leaves any stone. Mm-hmm. Right? He he says that all the time. He's never gonna watch a game, uh, kind of unravel before his eyes. Um, so I'm su- surprised it hasn't happened yet. But I imagine, um, and I don't know this for sure, obviously, but I imagine part of that is he doesn't want, you know, 
anything but a vote of confidence for Giddy right now, especially with everything he's going through. You kind of mentioned it. It's, it's, it's almost rock bottom for him between the, the off-court stuff and the on-court stuff. Like, there is no bigger combination of, you know, mind his mind being screwed with him. I mean, you kind of saw it yesterday. There was a shot at the elbow that he, like, pump faked, and he was wide open. It was like, oh, man, like, he's he's really in his head about this stuff. So I imagine that Dagno, if if he never does it, it's, it's probably because he doesn't want to give any – anything but a vote of confidence toward Giddy right now. But if if there's some, you know, if the, if if it's anything like what Mark usually does with his lineup, then it, it will happen pretty soon because I think teams are going to keep defending him that way. Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting that we haven't seen before this year Giddy defended to this extreme um, where it's obvious, you know, what the other teams are, are doing. And I think part of that is the Thunder is just such a better team now that they're being game planned for more seriously. How uh, there's not a lot of weak links on the floor. So if you if you see something, you've got to try to expose that. Um, and it kind of highlights the shooting deficiencies. But um, moving moving on from from that a little bit. Well, let me just ask you: do you do you think it would be Case and Wallace if they did make a change, or would you go with someone like Isaiah Joe? I think so, and I kind of wrote about this in my mailbag too. Um, but they they already have started Case and Wallace, um, you know, in the game that that I think Dub missed one of the games Dub missed, um, maybe a few of the games Dub missed because Dub missed like three games. I can't remember, but um, it just seems like the logical thing. I think you know somebody asked me in my mailbag what the the pros and cons would be of starting Isaiah Joe over Gideon. I think you just I think Isaiah has to be part of those second units, those mixed lineups, because he does give them so much pop. And I saw a crazy stat the other day where it was like his plus minus. He leads the league in, in reserves plus minus by like at least 60 or something. Like Joe Ingles is like a distant second. And and a lot of that is because of the specific people he shares the the floor within those second units. And like we know by now that, that Mark likes to stagger Shea and, and J-Dub is kind of like primary – Initiate initiator guys, and so um, in those lineups where obviously J Dub isn't the same primary as as Shea, so those lineups that maybe need more pop when when J Dub is running them, um, that a lot of that comes from Isaiah, you know, away actions, just um, his gravity as a shooter, the way defenses kind of have to break, like that's significant um, for the bench. So I, I I don't see a a real point in in starting him Loki, and then I think. Um, to kind of, if you're going to swap out Giddy for Kaysen, um, some of the on-ball defense stuff would mean a lot. You know, some of the POA stuff would mean a lot because right now teams are kind of targeting Giddy. I mean, you'll you'll see when Jalen Green gets a switch, he's targeting him. Dylan Brooks got a lot of his points on on Josh Giddy yesterday. And I, know, and I know, you know, Dylan Brooks has had a great year. Don't get me wrong, but he's earned his reputation as kind of like a, a liability on offense, which is not the case this year, certainly, but to be scoring in the twenties against Giddy is, is probably problematic. So I, I know we're st- still early on, but like before the season, you know, people were talking about Kaysen Wallace as a potential Dort replacement. And now we're talking about Kaysen Wallace as a potential Giddy replacement, um, which kind of sp- speaks to, to how impressive Kaysen's been. You mentioned your mailbag. Uh, is this going to be a weekly thing going forward? Who knows? They got they got to keep asking me questions, though. If, if people don't got anything to ask me, then I, I I don't know if I'll have much to say, huh? 
I have a few questions to ask you. Uh, I'll save that for off the pod, though. Um, so, yeah, send, send Joel questions. Uh, hit him up on Twitter. Email him. Whatever. That's, um, that's, that's JX Lorenzi on Twitter. If you don't know how to spell Lorenzi, it's L-O-R-E-N-Z-I. Yeah, and he'll uh, he'll not only answer your question, he will feature it on the pages of Oklahoma.com. Uh, I want to... I want to go over a few of these questions just in case anyone uh, missed it online or we can expand on some here. This is a question I feel like is the most popular one among the fan base. And it is from at OKC obstinacy. It's a pretty good name. Um, If you could pick any non-starter center slash power forward for the thunder to go out and acquire, who would it be and why for me, it's either Kelly Olenek or Arzea Hartenstein. Uh, I feel like Olenek's name has been mentioned for so long around here uh i also like that you mentioned dario sharich who uh was here at the end of last season um mm-hmm. jalen smith i i really liked that poll because jalen smith is is not a name we've heard a lot why why did you include jalen smith and it's it's different from the other two names right like the other two names have some clear playmaking pop to them um, they kind of fit in those lineups they feel like thunder guys i mean sarge was a thunder guy for however many games um but but Jalen Smith, I don't know. I, I I mean, I was in I was stationed in Indiana when he got there. Um, I kind of knew the player he was. Um, and he's had a really comfortable year, probably his most comfortable year in the pros in terms of just being who he is, a big guy that can rebound and and really stretch the floor. Um, I think at the time I wrote that he had made 14 of his 21 three-point attempts, which is obviously wildly efficient and again, probably not sustainable, kind of like what the Thunder's doing, but um, he's a, he's clearly a shooter. He's a, he at least has the gravity to be a, a stretch by now. So um, he's just I thought he was an interesting fit because he is he's tall. He's not he's not some pseudo big. He's not six eight or six nine. Like he's a he's a real big, real lanky, um, definite rebounding presence. Um, not as overwhelming as maybe like a Hardenstein or something, but definitely the, a far better shooter. So I he was in the back of my mind and 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 the honorable mention. I wanted to put Tari Eason so bad, um, but they asked power forward center. And Tari Eason is kind of like a small forward, power forward. I wasn't sure what they were looking for. But I I just – I got to say I love what Tari gives the Rockets, and he was great yesterday to me. So, Dude, that guy is – I know there are some concerns, you know, coming out of – coming out of the draft where people were like, yeah, he didn't even know the plays and whatever. But I don't care about that. He he runs around and does absolutely everything. I mean, he is just like just in, instant intensity on the floor. Easily. And 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 he's like he's a defensive playmaker, kind of like a like Casey in that sense, but um he's just he's so disruptive. And I, I think what sh- what what kept me from putting him on there was um Synergy hates him. Synergy doesn't think he's a great half court guy, but as far as the shooting numbers go, like he entered yesterday as like a 38% three-point shooter on the year. Like he's he's been efficient and I think he finds his creases. Um and I don't think defenses are gonna sag off of him. So he, he should have made my honorable mention, but I chicken out. So well, I like Jalen Smith because his nickname is Sticks. He wears Rex specs, and we would add another uh we we'd have another guy to call Jalen around here. So um True. He's got True. three things in his favor. All right. Moving. Well, I, I keep wanting to move on, but I have a question because this is always fun. 
to play like fantasy GM, who's the Thunder going to add? Um, I'm not the do what it's stressful, low kid. Being, yeah, being, that's why I don't do fantasy no more. I, I've been of the mind that they're not going to make some big splash. Um, yeah. Now, some of these aren't big splashes. Like, Kelly Olenek wouldn't be a big splash. Sharich wasn't at the end of last season. How dare you? You don't think it would be? Or you think it would be? No, I'm I'm kind of trolling, but how dare you uh, instantly classify Olenek like that? Come on, dog. He's been good. I'm just saying, they're like we're not going to have the Miles Turner discussion or anything like that. I mean... Um, yeah. So if they do make a move, it is going to be a guy like that. So I, I enjoyed that you kept it semi-realistic here. Um, they, did, they did also say reserves. In the, it did, it in did the say reserves. And I, and I did say, I did kind of preface that, like, I know, I, I think the trade that people are looking for will probably happen in the summer if it's ever going to happen. And I think they knew that. Because otherwise they would have just asked me, you know, what's the Lowry marketing trade package? I mean, that's who everybody wants anyway, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's just not gonna happen. Uh especially in season. Um, speaking of reserves, everyone's favorite um used to call him hypothetical Thunder player, but now he's a real Thunder player, Vasily Micic. Joel, the people want to see more of Vasily Micic. Why are they not seeing more of Vasily Micic? Oh, do they ever, especially after last night, they were flooding, flooding Twitter, flooding my mentions to my, why is he not playing Micic? But it's uh, Serbian bots out there, man. They want to, they want to see Micic. Maybe. But, um, I think, uh, for me personally, when I, when I answered the question in the mailbag, um, I kind of just watched back every possession he's had so far, um, and kind of looked at the, the role they wanted to play him in and his spot minutes and, you know, what he was in those minutes. And really, when he plays, like, I don't know, it, it's it's kind of confusing because people want people want to see less Giddy and more Mitchis, right? Like, that's why this is becoming a hotter discussion in the past week or so. Uh, but I'm not sure they play the same role. Like, when I've seen Mitchis play, he's been like a secondary creator. You know, he's going to get in the pick and roll, but he's, he's almost never like the primary guy out there. He's usually bridging the gap between – a primary, which might be dub in some cases. It might be, which is crazy to say because obviously Meechus is more of a point guard um, by definition than than dub, but um, I don't think he's ever out there to be the 1A on, on offense in the lineup. He's usually bridging the gap between a primary and a, and a 3 and D or, or something like that. Um, and so, like, I watched the pick and rolls. Um, Synergy thinks he's been really bad in pick and rolls. He's, he's running about I don't know. I think he's run them about 50 57% of all his possessions so far. And he was definitely, I think, in the below average category or worse. They they really think he's been bad. And you watch the tape, and it's a lot of contested threes, um, some some midi pull-ups that are like, how did he get to that point in the possession? You know, some turnovers, some travels that I think probably come with the switch from the international game, like different blunders that are like well, they're only spotting him so many minutes. Um, these probably shouldn't be happening as frequently as they do, right? And I guess that'll come with time, um, which some people think they don't have because that they think the Thunder won't is you know a win now team. 
which is probably true. There's there's parts of every reality that can be true. Um, but Meech's overall, like, based on what he's done in his minutes and based on kind of who they have, you know, when I wrote that mailbag, I would have said, who is he playing over? Um, and today, I don't think he should play over Giddy, but I think there are probably some of Giddy's minutes to go around to at least experiment, which is I'm certainly not off the table for Mark, right? Like, he is Mr. Experimentation. Speaking of Mr. Experimentation, how about last night? I mean, playing Trey Mann 24 minutes off the bench and like they were looking for a spark. And like, I know the games of, of Trey and Michich are, you know, they don't like perfectly align, but those are minutes that theoretically could have gone to Michich, but instead it was Trey Mann last night. No, and, and Trey was great. And, it, and this is, these are some of the things like, I don't know, man. I mean, his his lineups are so unpredictable. Like you never know what you're gonna get. Trey Trey Mann has played in like seven games this season. He he came came off dropping a damn near a thirty piece on on the Birmingham G League squad, and then got spot minutes yesterday. Got over twenty minutes yesterday, I think, and, and he did well. Like he was necessary. Like he as a floor spacer, as a creative ball handler, because he does have that um, kind of swag as a you know when he got the ball in his hands. Like they needed that yesterday bad um and i don't i don't know that you know amishich would serve a different role so um i don't know that they should have immediately called for amishich mark sees something there with michich that other people don't i want to trust that right now but i mean um i don't know and i've kind of seen the tape on michich to be like uh eh, i i can kind of see why they're not playing them but um but yeah trey like this is this is that kind of team man like it's crazy you got to do like that in the doghouse, I guess. I don't know what you're saying in the doghouse because it's not like he plays like Deion Waiters or some shit like that. But um, but he's just – he's down the rotation and he can come yeah. in and do stuff like that. I don't – yeah, I don't necessarily think it's that he's in the doghouse. I just think that, you know, as this roster has gotten better, he's just been passed up. Um, and w- with Michich – I uh, I'm not ready to take a victory lap. I'm sure we're going to see more of him, but I was trying to be Mr. You know, pump the brakes on this a, a little bit because there was just so much anticipation that built up over a couple of years as, you know, he, he would have these, you know, back and forth over the summer. Is he going to come over? Is he not going to come over? And I think once he actually arrived, people thought, you know, they were getting, um, you know, a former EuroLeague MVP, which he is, but that was a couple of years removed. Um, he's turning 30 next month. So um, I, I think he kind of is what he is. I, I think some of Mark's hesitation, um, I've not been around the team lately, as you know, I'm just guessing here is, you know, Mark's not going to play you if you're not going to be a plus on the defensive end. And, you know, Michich he would have to be like a plus plus on the offensive end to overcome some of the defensive efficiencies. And like, that's just not there right now. Yeah. It was, he has not been Joe. Like I, 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 I watched the tape, man, like the contested threes, like I, some of these possessions, you're like, how did he get here? Like what, what did it take to get to this contested three? And granted, some of them are probably grenades. Other ones are like, the pick and roll just isn't going as well for him as it should. I mean, that's probably his biggest selling point. Like the his biggest selling points coming in, I think, were him as a shooter and him as a pick and roll ball handler. And you know, the shooting, like some spot ups have you you'll see him cash one and you'll be like, okay, that 
that's that makes sense. That picture makes sense. But then there's other like he'll run pick and rolls and he won't get any separation. And and part of that is probably NBA athleticism, you know, different different factors. Um, he's not this crazy athlete, um, but you'll see it unfold. And it's like, yeah, like there are probably some guys above him on the totem pole. And it's and it's understandable. Like if he was just overwhelming, if he's been overwhelming in the pick and roll as this, you know, maestro ball handler, whip a crazy pass. Like I don't I don't think I've seen a crazy playmaking stint from him in weeks, to be mm. honest. Like the best minutes I think um probably came in the San Antonio game. So well, Joel, uh, to uh, just just to give a snapshot here, Thunder's thirteen and seven. Um, they are still number two in the NBA in net rating behind the Boston Celtics. The Thunder is sixth in offense and third in defense. Quick question: Are they going to finish better in offensive or defensive rating by year's end? It depends on on the changes they make. Really, well, that, that's not a that's not an answer. Dude, well, it's all so situational, right? Uh, better on offense or defensive rating? Hmm. I'm gonna factor in a potential. What do you say their defensive rating was right now? Again, it's it's top six or something, right? So they're third in defense right now, giving up one hundred nine point five points uh, per one hundred possessions. Offensive rating uh, is one seventeen point two. I'm gonna. I'm. This is probably gonna bite me in the ass at the end of the year. I'm gonna say defense is gonna be higher only because I think there are less things obstructing them on defense right now, and they can make a deadline move that I think would kind of alter that. And versus offense, Mark has to you know kind of choose his hand with the whole giddy thing. Like that, there, there has to be some tweaks there before I'm convinced that they'll continue to be as potent the offense as they started as. So, like I said, it's probably going to bite me in the ass, but I, I'll go with defense. Probably not by much. They'll probably both still be top 10, but. Thunder Warriors part four Friday? Part four, right? Yeah, it feels like I'm, I'm. they've played two playoff series against them by now, so. Hey, all these games have been good, so maybe we'll have uh, another good one tomorrow night. They've been great, and they've been funky, like, in every way each time, like, the the no Steph game, the Steph game where they came back big, the first game where where people wanted to run that official crew out of town with pitchforks and, and you said everyone pretends they're James Naismith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us today. Send Joel those mailback questions to be featured on the next episode um and in the next version of the digital mailbag. But uh, thank you guys so much for listening to the Thunder Buddies podcast, and we'll be back with you next week.